Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. And I'm Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss. Uh, Lou, you and I are going to be talking with Carrie Vandenhoven today, who is the president in, of manufacturing distribution and 3PL at JDA Software. Uh, all that to say that he's going to be talking to us about the autonomous supply chain, which sounds like uh, technology from end to end. Uh, this should be interesting. Well, we, we've spoken with so many people over these last five years about supply chain, and frankly, this one stopped me. I never heard of autonomous supply chain, but it's really a fascinating topic. I did have the honor of uh, having a conversation uh, with Carrie on this, and uh, we're just going to carry it forward. Uh, everyone, just tune into this because it's absolutely going to be amazing, and you'll wonder why you don't have autonomous supply chain within your organization. <laughs> so that being said, Jim? Uh, Carrie, why don't you uh, jump in here, and I just want to remind our folks that they can find your website. This is an easy one, folks. It's jda.com for JDA Software. Carrie, welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio. Well, thanks, Tim and Lou. I appreciate the time uh, and uh, the opportunity to spend uh, on talking about the autonomous, autonomous supply chain. So let me just start with a little bit of introduction. Uh, as you the president of the business unit at JDA, focused on manufacturing, distribution, and 3PL markets. Uh, JDA's uh, 5,000 associate company headquartered in Scottsdale, Arizona, and our, we're the proven leader uh, at the end of the day of how we apply artificial intelligence and machine learning to drive and enable what we are calling our moonshot, uh, and that is to enable the autonomous supply chain. Uh, by connecting the world, the digital world is becoming more and more digital. By connecting to that digital world, gathering that information that's available in real time, and providing cognitive SaaS solutions uh, to deliver responses and, and decision-making across the end-to-end supply chain. So said a lot there, uh, but that's a little bit of introduction about JDA and myself. Well, from what I uh, recall in our conversation, uh, Carrie, that uh, JDA is uh, uh, one of the largest in its field. Uh, you've got uh, thousands of uh, clients. You've got a significant number of companies from the Fortune 500 and the Fortune 5000. Uh, it seems as though that you've got yourself a real winner here and uh, growing, uh, growing rapidly. That's correct. Uh, we have over 4,000 customers across uh, the entire, what I would call, value chain, uh, any, you know, the retail part of the value chain all the way through to the manufacturing side of that value chain, and then all the steps in between, whether you might be a distributor within there or a third-party logistics provider within that network. So it's the end-to-end -end value chain that we look at, uh, and very, very fortunate to have uh, 4,000 very uh, strong customers, and, and as you mentioned, many of which fall within the Fortune 500. Let me let me play the dummy here. What is autonomous supply chain? So we've taken a, 
page out of uh, the auto industry uh, as the auto industry tries to deliver to market a autonomous uh, vehicle. So it is this right. idea that uh, we will, if you think of the vehicle, it's ingesting uh, in real time all this informa- information around it in order to make decisions on how to keep that vehicle on the road uh, and in a safe manner. And so we, if you think of that and provide it to supply chain where every organization today is making decisions around how much to make, where to make it, um, how much inventory to store, where to store it, decision-making around the end-to-end supply chain, every company is doing that today. So when you think about those decisions, can we make those decisions through the use of AI and ML where we are ingesting this digital information around consumption of products, around movement of goods, around sourcing of supply? Can we, we ingest that data similar to a vehicle ingesting the, in real time the data around the vehicle? We're ingesting that data in real time around the supply chain and then providing that into a MLAI learning solution, learning capability to make optimal decisions against what to do based on disruptions or based on that ingestion of information. What should I do next? Because every, in every situation, typically, supply is out of sync with demand and there's some disruption of getting the product to market or move from what point a to point b within the overall value chain so what we do is ingest that data and in real near real time make decisions to to ensure that we're delivering the, the, the product to market at the most efficient way uh, across the entire end-to-end network so it's analogous to the car we're adjusting a bunch of data make insightful decisions the car, the car example is one of keeping the car on the road in a safe position. Our example is making optimal decisions for that enterprise around the movement of product across that value chain. So let me let me take a, a wild guess here. The auto, the uh, autonomous supply chain. Some of the benefits that might uh, occur as a result of employing this type of uh, program would be. Uh, perhaps benefits of uh, cash flow to the company or not overstocking or not understocking. Um, is that the kind of thing that we're looking to uh, address? Yeah, the business outcomes associated uh, with uh, the notion of the autonomous supply chain is, is exactly that, is driving end-to-end operational efficiencies, whether that's improved customer service levels, uh, at lower inventory carrying costs with reduced premium freight so I don't have to expedite things as much to get it to to meet those customer service levels. Um, and also back, all the way back into the network of the supply and ensuring that that uh, supply is managed at the lowest cost to deliver to the source. So it's not only delivering to the customer side of the, the value chain, it's also on the sourcing side of the value chain. So you are orchestrating that entire network to align to the consumption of the demand. We have, a, like I, we talked earlier, uh, we have 4,000 customers today. So we are taking this next generation capability to them. Um, and we have had extremely um, positive reaction to the uh, this capability and the ability to solve these complex supply chain problems and react to them not only, you know, out in the future, but also in the near time reactionary 
capability to make sure that the processes that they're driving are delivering to those outcomes that I described earlier, those business outcomes around, you know, customer mm-hmm. service improvement, inventory reductions, operating cost reduction, uh, driving that efficiency across their end-to-end network. So very positive reaction um, as we continue to, to build this capability out, uh, as and that's been seen in the growth of the company uh, over the last three years. So the uh, life in the major organizations, once uh, autonomous supply chain has been implemented, I would I would think that there would be major major effects on so many different levels. Yeah, I mean it's a journey, as uh, Lou, you and I alluded to before. is uh, It's a journey, right? So to realize it is it takes. Uh, a methodical approach. Uh, we have an approach uh, we've outlined in in a white paper uh, called the the seven steps to get there. Right, the autonomous supply chain and the seven steps to get there. So there's a approach and a, a maturation uh, to realize a complete autonomous uh, supply chain, similar to a vehicle. Right, where today there's many safety at- items on the vehicle today to help the car by itself. Uh, stay on the road and safely be driven, but you still have to have the driver. That same notion applies to supply chain. We're we're going to get be in a position to start uh, providing that visibility first to what's going on in the supply chain. Be prescriptive uh, about how to uh, address those issues that are going on in the supply chain. And as we prescribe more and more solutions and recommendations autonomously, we'll eventually realize complete autonomous capability and only provide to um, necessarily the organization um, issues that fall out outside of the certain guardrails. So I can't can't solve this problem. Um, that would then be flagged for someone to interject or intervene as a supply chain analyst to go and now try to resolve because of the, the software or the solution could not come to, an, to any decision around that or a recommendation around that problem. But eventually... That will con- those like cycles of learning will continue over time and eventually deliver a complete autonomous capability. That's the moonshot. Uh, Carrie, why don't you give our listeners your uh, web uh, information and um, also the fact that your uh, article is going to be on our website uh, along where the player for this show is. So, uh, once you give us a start with your URL address so we don't miss out anybody who might dare leave the show early. Yes, uh, it is very straightforward. It's jda.com. Uh, and you, all we'd have to do is go on the website, and we have a numerous sets of documents out there available for download, uh, one of which is called the Autonomous Supply Chain Steps to Get There. Um, so just search on the website for that, and you'll be able to uh, submit uh, some information. We'd ask information or the individual and uh, be able to download it directly uh, from that website, uh, our website, or it'll be just available um, uh, through you, Lou, and, and this organization. So, Carrie, let me uh, expand and dig a little deeper on this. I mean, the simplest explanation of uh, this kind of a thing, I think, in manufacturing is that 
a, a production line needs a part, and a device goes and gets the part and retrieves it for the next assembly and puts it on the assembly line. But I think you're talking about something greater, where it is looking at, I mean, the software, the artificial intelligence, the machine learning is looking at the source all the way over perhaps in Asia, Thailand, uh, Cambodia, China, for the parts that are going to be needed in nine months on the assembly line. And then you're looking uh, downstream from there on getting those from the production line into distribution out to the customer. Is that accurate for autonomous supply chain? That's correct. Uh, I, I described it as the network, right? It's, it's, in the past, we've always thought about a supply chain as a very linear thing. The part goes from one operation to the next, one one organization to the next, and eventually makes it into um, a, a, a sellable product, right? Today, that the, the world is a lot more complex than that, and we look at it as a network. And as you described, that network has many nodes, and that product can go down different paths within that network. So whether it's going to go into a – that solution is going to go into a product that's going to go into a retail channel, an e-commerce channel, or a direct-to-consumer channel – so complexity around the network and the orchestration of the entire network. So it's not just one node or, or two nodes that are connected that we're managing. We're, trying, we're managing the entire network. So all those multitudes of node-to-node -node connections across the entire network. And that no matter all where works that network great, is. Right. And that all works great until President Trump throws a monkey wrench into the supply chain with tariffs. And then what happens to artificial intelligence and machine learning? That's a great point. And uh, Lou and I spent some time on this topic earlier. That is around uh, capability, what we would call what if analysis. So looking at now that you have every, you have a digital view of your supply chain. We've represented that in the software, a digital view, a digital twin, if you will. So now, in a what-if scenario, you can go in and say, what if this tariff is, gets enforced in this part of the country or this or in China, right? So okay. what do I do about that? Where can I go for a different source of supply? So we get into a, a digital twin allows you to go in and do what-if scenarios against if that happens, what decisions should I make to place that source of supply in a different country? Uh, should it be Malaysia? Should it be Taiwan? Should it be what other country should it be or could it be? And do I have available sources of supply in those regions, in other countries within that region? So um, it's not only allowing you to learn, you know, the AI machine learning learning based on the existing supply chain, but now what if I have to represent a different supply chain and I get into a what if scenario? And that's but those capabilities are there today to go in and analyze what is the best source change if that enactment of, of tariff goes in place where should what's my what's my, my what's my preferred move if you will and my secondary move so it gives you that option to go through that what if scenario Carrie although uh, blue and I are here on an audio uh, a talk show program he and I are both visual learners we get mm -hmm. it better when we see it is there a, uh, for instance, a large screen TV? Uh, you know, I almost envision a NASA type uh, control uh, room 
where I can see my supply chain from end to end? Uh, that's a great question, Tim. Uh, we actually, uh, one of the components of the solution that I'm describing uh, is we call it Luminate Control Tower. Uh, and it's exactly that. It's this notion of having a control tower that gives you that visibility in real time the world is becoming digitized, right? So how do we leverage right. that digital information available today and present it to a to be consumed in a very visual way? So it's visual and think of a control tower as it is a view of the world. You have all the nodes of the network placed on the world and you see all the connections between those nodes visually on that picture of the world on your screen. That's what we would call digital. The Luminate control tower, which is that that early visibility to to what the network, what your supply chain looks like, and giving you real-time visibility into things that are currently going on into that supply into in, in, in that supply chain, and and giving you visibility to potential issues, early warning signs, to then now you can react to them to hopefully prevent those from happening. And are you going to have uh, uh, supply chain traffic controllers sitting in front of the monitors and clicking on a node to see what's coming from that node? And yeah, do those capabilities exist, or is that part of the Most moonshot? No, no, those cap those capabilities exist today, uh, and that's exactly cool. we would call them a supply chain analyst uh, that is monitoring uh, the overall. Uh, network of that company's supply chain and getting early visibility to potential issues and then working to resolve those uh, interactively with the solution. So the solution is giving them visibility and then the solution will give them, here's the issue and by the way, here's what you did last time to solve that issue or here's the learning from last time and here's what we'd recommend to resolve this issue, whether it's a late ship leaving uh, a port or whether it's a congestion, some traffic congestion in LA or whether it's um, you know weather issues in the Washington DC area whatever those inputs might look like so the program actually learns as you're going along and it retains the previous solutions to problems if and when the issues similar issues crop up again you don't have to rethink it it'll already know it and tell you. Is that correct? That is exactly it, Lou. Uh, that's every time we call it cycles of learning and every day there's issues in the supply chain, there's disruptions, whether it's, whether it's the things I described, whether it's weather contributed, it's whatever the, the issue is, whatever created the issue, it's now we can react to it and, and take a decision and learn from that decision the outcome of it and make the recommendation next time whether to do it or not, right? And so you have to be able to close that loop, we would call it, where you take a decision, measure the decision and the relative performance of how well that decision performed, and, re and then keep that in the memory bank, if you will, to use the next time around that issue is, uh, is presented itself. So if I'm a company that has uh, 20 manufacturing facilities, Canada, Mexico, the United States. And we have an issue that crops up. The 
factoids of those issues might be different based on location. Does the program take all those things into consideration, even though you might have a similar problem and you want a similar um, solution, but there are some facts that may change that uh, end result or end solution? To address the question or respond is we're taking the decision at the lowest level uh, in the network, so at a node level. So each one of those plants would be considered a node, right? And we'd be monitoring and measuring um, things within that node and things going into that node and out of that node. Got it. So Got we, it. we would be able to learn at a node level. So when you when you think about it, um, that learning, that responsiveness, that continued improvement, applying MLAI to that to each node is is the imperative to be able to understand those nuances between one node and and another node. I don't dare ask if this is an expensive program for a company to implement. So I won't ask that question. But it's not inexpensive, is it? It's not. Uh, but the more important aspect of that question um, that I would add is that it's it goes back to an earlier discussion around the business outcomes. We're about mm-hmm. the business outcome and the value proposition, the business case to justify the investment. And so when we're when you're focused on improving a company's ability to um, service their customers or improving um, the, a customer's ability to deliver a product at a lower cost and at a lower inventory carrying cost and a lower overall transportation cost or, or reducing their premium freight, so operationally driving more efficiency, doing less with more, or doing more with less, I should say, said that long. Uh, but that whole value proposition is important to us as we understand their network and their and their entire end-to-end supply chain. And so our go to our, our go to market is really around that value proposition to then put forward as a way to drive um, the interest and and drive the justification, if you will, for the investment, no matter how large or small. Well, it sounds like something that large corporations should absolutely have in need, uh, they might even be able to save a couple of salaries along the way uh, and uh, certainly uh, improve uh, efficiency levels at the same time. Yeah, the the orientation is really around business outcomes, as I shared. Uh, Clearly, what we talk about, it will help those people that are making these decisions today. When you think about it, the decisions that we're talking about to be, that might be made autonomously in the future, some person is making those decisions or multiple people in every organization are making these decisions today. So can we improve their ability to make a, a, a more informed, a more holistic decision? Most definitely. Um, will they, the, the, the other benefit is that a lot of times today, the people that make these decisions, they're complex. They're not an easy decision to be made to, to come to what a holistic decision might be of this is the disruption that I face now what do I do about it many they spend most of their time getting information and data to collect that data to get a decision so 70% of the time they spend on getting more data to make a decision versus doing analysis and deep rich insights um, today they spend most of the time gathering the data, 20% is spent on these deep, rich insights and analysis. We want to change that. 
we're going to flip that. 80% of the time, we're presenting to them opportunities to analyze what-if scenarios and come to the best decisions. Um, we're just, without a solution like JDA, they're in a position where they're just spending majority of their time collecting the data to, to, to make a decision. Uh, Kerry, just to kind of wrap this up and actually take it back to where you started, where you called it the moonshot, are there things mm -hmm. in the moonshot that are uh, on the drawing board but not in reality yet, or why do you affectionately refer to it as the moonshot? Yeah, I mean, like I talked about, it's a journey, right? It's a journey not only for our customers but also for JDA. So we look at it um, when, when I talked about the, the seven steps, uh, that we outlined uh, for delivering a autonomous supply chain. We're, we have the capabilities, um, when you look at it, to deliver full autonomy today, but can we get the data to deliver it? That's, that's When you think about the ingestion of in the information, we're dependent upon that data being available to us. So the first initial steps of the autonomous moonshot is really around visibility, end-to-end uh, -end visibility like I talked about, uh, in real time. We can do that today. And then making, pro providing the ML and AI capabilities to make a prescription, uh, make a recommendation on some type of disruption. So we got visibility of the issue now, what do we do about it? And so we have the capabilities to put forward recommendations on our learning of what to do about that issue. So we can do that stuff. Uh, we can collaborate. The next step is making sure you have collaboration with your suppliers and your customers. We can do that stuff. The that we're waiting on is the complete digitization of the network. Because typically the challenge we have is, is the data available to ingest into the AI ML learning solution and many times we're, we're missing components or elements of the of data in order to do that completely end-to-end -end and autonomous. So I would say we have the capabilities, we have the platform, we have the capabilities to deliver. It's the fact that the world will continue to digit, become more and more digital, and the more and more digital it becomes, the more autonomous we will become. Well, we appreciate you joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio and sharing some of this. Your website is full of interesting videos and information in the Knowledge Center. We certainly uh, encourage our listeners to go check that out. It almost doesn't matter the size of your company. You'll learn something about what you could do with your supply chain if you begin to go through some of the information that's available at JDA.com. Carrie, thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Just you both for uh, having me on. I appreciate the time. Sure thing. Thank you, Carrie. Have a good afternoon. You as Take well. care now. Uh, and we have been speaking with uh, Carrie Van Denevond uh, from GDA and about the autonomous supply chain. So I encourage everyone to go to JDA.com, and if not, join us at MFGTalkRadio.com. We're going to get a copy of the white paper on autonomous uh, supply chain and put it up with this interview uh, right next to it so you can click on either and get uh, you know, a little more information on it. So, again, join us at MFGTalkRadio.com where we have almost 370 shows now posted full of information that you can drill down on. 
as well as links to our sister show, Women and Manufacturing, uh, our show by Cliff Waldman called Manufacturing Matters with Cliff Waldman, which is all about the economy. Excellent interviews with uh, people in the know on the economy by Cliff Waldman. So, again, thanks for joining us. And, Lou, that, uh, anything else you want to throw into the, the potpourri no, of uh, I think that's NFG? a wrap. Now, by the way, just one comment I'd like to make, because I know you always accuse me of having very long questions. I think you won. You had one <laughs> long question. It was, wasn't was a question. It was more like a paragraph. So that being said, we'll see you next month. All right, and thanks for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.